Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. My name is Toby. As best said, I usually sit over here um, or sit over there and not here. I kind of stay away here as much as I can. Um, but yeah, uh, I have a sermon for you today. Uh, I hope it's going to be good. Uh, I'll be preaching to myself as well. Um, but yeah, I hope you are all blessed by it. Um, I'll give you the scripture first. Uh, and then I'll pray, and then we can get into it, yeah? Uh, reading from James chapter 1, verse 12. Um, feel free to turn to your Bibles um, and all that. Uh, just a small verse, uh, but yeah, I hope today's sermon will be powerful for you all. Um, just before I start, let me just pray, and then we can get into it. Uh, Father God, I just want to thank you for today, Lord. Uh, Lord, I just want to thank you for just this, even this opportunity to just serve you, Lord, uh, Lord, I just want to thank you for uh, even everyone who just come today. Uh, Lord, I just want to pray that you uh, just fill this place, fill their hearts, Lord. And just, um, uh, Lord, I just want to pray for just the transformation uh, Sunday, Lord. Lord, we come to you excited, uh, prepared, and just expectant for what you're about to do today in people's lives, Lord. Uh, Lord, I just thank you for this service as well, second service as well, Lord. Uh, Lord, I just want to pray that uh, we just give this Sunday, just to give this week unto you. Uh, and Lord, I just want to thank you again, uh, just for your love and grace in our lives as well. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, so reading from James chapter 1, verse 12, says, Blessed is the one who preserves um, under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Uh, I'm going to read it again. Um, Blessed is the one who pers- uh, pers- perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Uh, the title of my sermon today is called uh, The One. Um, and I know Valentine's Day is coming up soon, um, but it's nothing to do with that. So if you're single, uh, this will not help you today. Uh, if you're taken or whatever, then this again will not help you boost your relationship. Uh, or if you're taken and looking to become single, Talk to Tiong. Tiong's online, so he can help you with that. Um, but yeah, my message today is called uh, The One. Um, I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, hopefully the story will relate to maybe your life. Um, but who here knows how to cycle? I know a few people know how to cycle. Who enjoys cycling? Wow, everyone's kind of really timid. Like, um, But yeah, I'll tell you a story about how I learned how to cycle. Um, in case... For those, for those who do cycle, uh, who actually enjoyed the process of learning how to cycle? Wow, okay, one, two people, okay, hey, hey, you're going to relate to this, that's fine. Um, I did not have a good experience learning how to cycle, um, but yeah, I'm going to tell you the story of how I learned how to cycle, uh, and the one who taught me how to cycle is actually my dad, um, and he is a good cyclist, I guess you could say, uh, cycles to work, experience and all that. Um, but yeah, um, it was just one nice Saturday afternoon, I think I was about four, five years old, uh, very short still. Um, but yeah, uh, up until that moment I've been using stabilizers, and case you didn't know, stabilizers are like these small wheels uh, that latch onto like, the back of the um, bicycle, so obviously don't fall over and keep stable, as, it, as you put it. Um, but yeah, I've been using those until then, so this one Saturday my dad decided, right, Today's going to be the day that you're going to learn how to cycle. Now, me being a four, five-year-old kid, I was like, you know what, Dad? I can just stick with the stabilizers. It's fine. You know, I don't need to learn how to cycle. 
And like now being like nearly 29, I think I'm like, mm, if I stuck with stabilizers until now, it'd be a bit embarrassing to be honest. Um, but yeah, um, which is my dad took me to the coast, uh, this little coast, so he's got a straight line. So I don't need to focus on turning. All I need to do is just cycle straight. Uh, and my dad took a deal with me, so he took off the stabilizers. Uh, but the plan was for him to hold my seat, just to hold the back of my seat whilst I cycle. So he can be the one to kind of keep me stable uh, and all that. Uh, which is, sounds like a good idea. So your dad, you trust your dad to like, hold you steady. Um, so just before I started cycling uh, on this coast, I made my dad just promise one more time, you're going to keep holding on, right? He's like, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll hold on. Don't, don't. You know, you know what dads are like. They're just like, oh, yeah, 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 whatever. So I keep, I keep I, second time, I'm like, God, uh, not like God, dad, you're going to keep holding on, right? Keep holding on. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the third time, I'm like, I'm going to make sure you keep holding on. Yeah, I'm going to keep holding on. So obviously, okay, go on. So the first try, uh, the first try you start, you know, very first try without stabilizers or anyone, you kind of like wobble a bit. You start really slow, yeah. right? And at the time, my dad was just like, oh, you're going so slow. So there's no point. You can't even hold me steady because I'm going so slow. So I kind of fall to fail. And my dad's like, you got to keep cycling faster. And you know, as a kid, you're kind of, even now, when our parents tell us something that we already know, we're just like, ah, yes, good, whatever, whatever. So, second try, try again. Uh, this time I cycle a bit faster, uh, slowly you start to pick up speed. My dad's still there, I even, you know when you check back to look back, right? just to make sure your dad's still there. Yeah. So my dad's still there holding on, yeah. kind of jogging lightly, because I'm starting to pick up a bit of pace. Um, but we keep going, we keep going. So 100 meters, 200 meters, start eventually starting to cycle. My dad's still there, I still feel stable. Um, and so a few hundred meters extra, um, I kind of say to my dad, Dad, we're going quite far, right? We're, going really, we're doing really well. Everything's going really well. But I don't hear any response like, <laughs> around here. And so I'm not, I haven't turned around yet. I still feel quite stable, so I feel like my dad's still there, right? So I tell my dad again, just in case, because you, you guys, you know the wind on the coast, sometimes you can't hear it. And also, I, I talk quite quietly, and so I, I, I ask my dad again, Dad, it's, it's, it's going pretty well, right? And again, silence, just <laughs> mute silence. So, you know when you're on a bike, you don't kind of like slowly look, you kind of just do that sharp look, look over there. Yeah. So I kind of did that sharp look, like, oh. and guess what? <laughs> well, you already know, but my dad's not there. Not only is my dad not there, my dad's not even 100 meters behind me, not 200 meters behind me. He's a good, probably outside friend's house kind of distance from me. Um, and you know you expect your dad to like jog and kind of catch up. He was just walking, just <laughs> casually walking, just admiring the view, looking at his son struggle. Um, but yeah, um, I came to a stop because I, I kind of realized, oh wait, my bike's starting to wobble. Because I, I realized my dad's not there, so I started to wobble, I feel every bump on the road, and so I hit the brakes, I hit the brakes and stop. And you know when you stop on a bike, you can do that stance like this, like, yeah. stay on your bike and the bike's between your legs like that. Um, but I just stopped, waiting for my dad to catch up. Um, so my dad caught up, and for those of you who've met my dad, he's quite tall, and me being quite short, he kind of comes up to me like, oh, why did you stop? Like, <laughs> you could have kept cycling, you should keep cycling. And, but me being kind of four or five year old kid, looks at him, you what? <laughs> you 
have the audacity to let go of my bike and tell me to keep cycling after he promised three times that he would not let go. And so I'm there just interrogating my dad, telling him, why on earth did you let go? And then so my dad said, but you were cycling, so it's fine. And for a moment, I kind of stopped and paused, and I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but then also the four or five-year-old kid in me wanted to kind of get my own revenge, and so I kept interrogating my dad. Um, but long story short, that is how I first cycled, without really knowing it, but yeah, uh, that's how I first cycled. Um, and obviously, being the loving child that I am, forgave my dad. <laughs> all was well. Um, but yeah, that's the story. Um, and you might be wondering what that story has to do with the scripture that we just read in James chapter 1. Um, now, life can be like that. Life can be like riding a bike. And sometimes you go through a wobble. Sometimes you go through, um, as Christians like to use, a season or a trial. <laughs> Uh, who's been through a waiting period before? Um, yeah, stuff like that. Um, and sometimes, like me, um, kind of look around like, where's God? Where is God in my situation? Where's God in my circumstance? Um, and whether you're saved or not, even as Christians, you can kind of walk around with God. God would be like, oh, come on. And we'd be like, God, this is so cool. Where are we going? And then keep going, keep going, and it's like, oh, God's so great, God's amazing. And then we kind of realize, God, where are we going? Where are we actually going, though? Uh, and then we start to get frustrated, and we're like, God, why am I still single after all this time? But, yeah, God's kind of looking at us like, just, you know, keep, keep walking with me. Um, but, yeah, it can be like a trial. It can be like a waiting period. It's a wobble in life. Uh, and life is like that. Life, we do wobble. Um, and yeah, like, like me on the bike, wondering where my dad is. Um, we also wonder where God is. God, why is God so quiet? Why is, where is God, where is this going? Um, but like my dad, uh, my dad kept telling me to keep cycling. Um, and, you know, us being kids, we, we hate being told what to do. Um, but God does the same. He gives us instruction, gives us, um, tells us to persevere, as it says. Uh, in, in, in the passage that we read. And so in today's sermon, um, I hope we can pick up three things. Uh, so these aren't my points, but it's just three kind of learning objectives, as we used to say in school. Um, the first point I hope you pick up is God is good at the end of the day. God is good, especially when we're wondering where is God, right? Uh, the second point is that to know and trust God can help us persevere through our circumstance, uh, through, our, through our trial, through our wobble. Uh, and the third point is um, just all the glory goes back to him. And that brings me to my first point. Uh, I have 20 points today. No, I'm joking, I've got three, so it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, three points. Uh, the first point is the one thing. Uh, what is your one thing? Right? And you may be wondering, what, what, what one thing? What one thing? What is the one thing that you are lacking in? I, I don't mean like money. Obviously, we all want more money. <laughs> um, 
But what's the one thing that you're not giving God, right? Now, for those who have been in church long enough, we kind of go to different services, conferences, camps, retreats, uh, and the preacher's there like, yeah, give everything to God, give your life to Jesus. And we're there like, yes, that makes all sense. Uh, that's really good. But then at the same time, we're kind of just like, mm, it's a bit general, it's a bit, a bit general. I mean, it's right, but at the same time, we kind of keep it safe. We don't really commit. Um, I mean, we've just started New Year. I mean, it's February already, but sometimes at the beginning of the year during service, uh, preacher might hand out different notes, ask you to write things you're giving God for the year, right? And so some of us might write study. Um, I mean, who doesn't want to do well in their studies, right? Uh, some of us might write uh, careers, jobs, because obviously we want a good career, we want a good job. Um, some of us might look over a friend, see what they're writing. Ooh. Some of them might write time, because giving time to God, doing your daily devotion is good. Uh, but all this stuff kind of becomes generic, kind of becomes a bit safe, kind of doesn't become the one thing you're holding on to. We, and in the end, we kind of deflect that giving God the one thing, right? Um, but actually, God just is actually looking at us saying, actually, I do want that one thing that you're holding on to, right? Uh, why don't we turn to some scripture? Makes a bit more sense. Uh, in Luke chapter 18, verse 18 to 22, uh, and even as you're turning your Bibles, let me just get a drink. Uh, if you're there, say amen. Okay, most people there. Okay, good. <laughs> um, Luke chapter 18, verse 18 to 22 says, a certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why, and then in verse 19, Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have, and give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, then come and follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad, because he was very wealthy. Now, when I'm reading this, obviously we, we see this rich young ruler, he's got everything, he's got a really good CV, probably got why he's got loads of money, um, probably why he's rich, his parents and family have probably done well as well. Um, but I'm reading this, and then Jesus asks him, you still lack one thing. Yeah. Now, in my mind, I'm like, God, you must be kidding me because this guy, you're telling me, is only lacking one thing. There's no way that this guy is lacking just one thing. He's probably lacking, I don't know, 109 other things as well. But God is still saying, yeah, but I still want that one thing because that's the one thing he's not letting go of. Right? And... Us being us, we're, we are like the rich young ruler as well. We have our one thing. Uh, and God is saying, I want that one thing, actually. Um, it could be a, a friendship, uh, a relationship which we, oh, if that's going well, then my situation is fine, right? If that's going well, that's, that, that's, that my, I'm safe, I'm stable. Because when we go through life, we go through wobbles, uh, we just rely on that one thing that's going well in our life. 
uh, even an obsession of our jobs. As long as my job is going well, life's fine, right? Well, as long as I'm earning income, as long as I have a career, my life is fine. Uh, and we kind of rely on that one thing. Even an addiction as an escape, we, we also don't give to God because we're too ashamed to, to ask God to come intervene in our lives. Um, and some of you might be wondering, actually, my, my one thing isn't that small. It's not that big even. Um, I mean, people have done worse things. I mean, see that thing on Christian Post? That pastor, poof, that was a bad thing. But no, God is still looking at us thinking, I still want that one thing. Because that's the one thing you're not letting go of. And I think the reason why we don't give God the one thing is because inside of our hearts, inside of our dark, deep hearts, in the little corner of the room, we kind of think to ourselves, is God really that good? Because we have our doubts. Because in like when I was cycling, when we were wobbling, we kind of wonder, where is God? God's being very quiet. God is, doesn't feel like he's around, right? But if we look at the pas- in the passage, the scripture, um, there's kind of a clue there as well as to um, why we don't let go of the one thing. Um, so the ruler, so the rich ruler said, good teacher. Now, when he says good teacher, it's like us calling Pastor, Pastor Dave, um, or our dad's dad's, just formality, just common sense almost. But kind of Jesus is a step ahead and says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And he says this because he knows in a few moments that this rich young ruler, as wealthy as he is, he's not going to let go of his stuff. He's not going to let go of his one thing. And so we too are like the rich young ruler. We won't let go of our one thing because we debate in our hearts, is God really that good? Is he good enough to give this one thing? Because if I give up this one thing, I'm not going to have anything. And so inside of ourselves, we might proclaim, yeah, God is good, like the rich young ruler. We might say, yeah, good teacher. And we might come to church, we might go to homes and whatever and say, God is good, God is good. But actually, on the Thursdays when there's nothing going on in church and we're just stuck in our rooms, we still debate with ourselves, actually, mm, is God really that good to give everything? Give my plan, give my relationship, give my obsession, give my work. And so we debate with ourselves because... Again, at the times where we are going through a struggle, we're going through a wobble, we're thinking, where's God? God doesn't feel like he's around. God doesn't feel like he's close at all. Um, and I didn't hear from God when I was waiting and listening. Uh, and that absence almost kind of makes us doubt in our hearts, is God really that good? In Psalm 118, uh, verse 1, it just says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. For he is good. Um, so what happens when we let go of the one thing? What happens when we say, okay, God, you are good, and I'm going to let go of this one thing to you. So what's going to happen now? Now, there's a clue there. It says, his love endures forever. 
So when you let go of the one thing, or let go of everything to God, he's going to fill your life and make it huge. Um, and he does this by um, enabling you to serve those around you. Now, serving, boo. <laughs> sometimes it scares us. But it's not about just the act of serving, but it's be able to think for those around you. And that brings me to my second point, which is the other ones. Um, have you ever met someone whose life just seemed huge to you? Um, now, I don't mean like a funny person or someone who has loads of followers on social media, not someone who has a big CV, good, good job, good pay. Um, it's not even someone who's just got loads of friends or anything like that. Um, but someone who adds value to your life, someone who uh, makes you smile, who's always so interested in what you have to say, always listening to what you have to say, always interested in what you want to do. Um, when they walk into the room, they just add value to everyone they meet, right? That's someone whose life is huge. Now, who doesn't want to be like that person? Someone who gives good advice, someone who always sounds so wise. Um, who doesn't want to be that person? Um, I don't know, come in at 11, I say, no, I don't want to be that person. I want to come in at 11 o'clock just so I could be in time for the last song at worship so I don't need to pray for anyone, so I can just sit in the back, arms folded, see that there's a, a video message, you'd be like, oh, another video message. I don't think we really want to be that kind of person, right? We want to be the person who everyone speaks fondly of, everyone is, says is good, everyone says is loving, everyone says is encourages people. When you allow God to fill your life, God is going to enable you to love others. He's going to enable you to help you encourage others and enable you to help listen to others, right? Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22, it says, You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. Now, I don't know where you are in your life. You might still be studying, you might be um, working, but I think we're all wondering what the next step in life is. What's our next phase? What's our next chapter? Uh, what's our next season even? Um, but I think when God fills your life, um, and we learn about this in the Bible and everything, we hear all these different followers, all these different characters, they're all about serving the others, right? They're all about the others. They're never about themselves. It's always about being able to do something for the others. And that's what God wants to do in our life. Um, when we think about what we want to do in our future, is it about us or is it about the others as well? Is it just about us being focused on ourselves or is it others focused? Uh, when we dream, is it about just ourselves and our luxuries and our blessings or is it about being able to dream for others, being able to wish things for other people as well? Um, because... At the end of the day, if we just dream for ourselves, that just is just for our tiny little lives. It makes our lives small. Uh, but God wants to inflate your life. God wants to make it huge and vast. Uh, and he does that by, again, just giving you other people to look after, look out for as well. If we only live our lives just based on ourselves, just thinking for ourselves, it paralyzes the way God wants to work in you. 
Because God is always about being able to bless others, being able to be there for others, right? And I think when God wants to bless you, and God does want to bless you, He's not going to just bless you just for you. He wants to bless it through you so that it can outpour to other people as well, right? And I'm not sure what you might be going through, but I mean, some people might be going through really hard challenges, really hard uh, circumstances, trials, tribulations. And some of you might be thinking, well, Toby, well, yeah, you hear about serving. Serving's for the people on the roster, yeah, sure. People's for the extroverts as well in church. Um, I don't think serving's for me. I, I'm finding it hard keeping my own boat level by itself, keeping myself afloat. Um, but, and yeah, I've tried serving, maybe, but people have said bad things, people have said hurtful things, even people in church say nasty things. Um, but do you realize God wants to heal many, but God also wants to heal you, right? And how does he do that? How does he do that? How does he do that? He does that by helping you to persevere, um, by praying for others, uh, by living for others, by dreaming for others, um, by laughing for others, uh, even by crying for others. Uh, God is able to help you persevere, to push through. Um, because even in the midst of suffering for your trial, for your, um, your moments of, of just weakness, um, if you can serve others, that, even that act can enable you to overcome the suffering because that suffering no longer has power over you. That suffering no longer weighs on you. That no longer weighs on your mind. And, and in all that, just, yeah, just by serving others, um, God can help move you uh, and enable you to uh, just overcome what you're going through. Amen. Um, when I think back to me cycling, um, I imagine what my dad kind of way away must be thinking. Um, I mean, like, two things come to mind. The one is, man, this dumb kid can finally cycle. Um, but the second thing is that he must have felt so proud to see his own son cycle. Uh, and so when we all have kids, I mean, we'll teach them how to do things. Not, it might just not be cycling, it might just be cooking or anything. But, yeah, you want to feel so proud for what your son or daughter has achieved, right? And I think even the scariest of tri trials and even the scariest of, of situations, um, if we heed what God is asking us to do, giving the instructions, even that act of obedience um, makes him proud. Um, because if, in case you didn't know, obedience is being active. Uh, obedience is being able to come out your comfort shell uh, and being able to do something with your life as well. Uh, obedience is is being able to move um, even when you feel paralyzed, even when you feel constricted. Uh, and that's how God shows up. Uh, we sit here kind of wondering in our, in our situation, when's God going to show up? When is God going to speak? When is God going to uh, turn up and just help me out of this situation? Um, and we always expect God to be there holding our seat down like my dad. Um, but God just gives us instruction. When we ask where is God, God gives us instruction instead. And, and all we have to do is just be obedient to that. Um, my last point is, um, it's called the one. Um, and I could have changed this point to the almighty one and the glorified one, um, the exalted one, the one to be praised. 
Because um, I think for those who have accepted God already in their lives, I think God kind of represents almost a different description for all of us. Uh, God is wonderful. God is beautiful. Um, but I've just left it as the one. Because uh, for me, God is the one. Because um, when God recognizes, uh, even in our weaknesses, um, God recognizes an opportunity for power. Wow. Amen. Uh, when all we see is fear and disappointment, um, just nervousness, um, God sees the perfect ground for his work to be done, uh, for his work to be harvested. Uh, and when we're busy asking questions of God, where are you, what are you doing, uh, where are we going, um, God just tells us to keep cycling, keep going. Um, and all we need to do is be obedient. Amen. And at times we lack the confidence as well. And we think, oh, I'm not good enough. God, are you sure this is for me? I, I feel underqualified. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a leader. I'm not, not this, not that. But the fact that God is giving you the instruction to do something, that should be your confidence already because he has chosen you. Yeah. Amen? And um, even as I close, um, and the worship team can come up, play some soft music as well. <laughs> um, even as I close, uh, I just want to read kind of the closing statement off. Um, and through our journey, uh, we can follow God's instruction because we recognize the goodness of God and release, we release ourselves of the one thing that is constraining us, the one thing that is constricting us. And when we do that, God fills our lives. God allows us to move for him in order to serve others, to help others, uh, to, to love others. Uh, and all doing this whilst persevering through our trial. And God gets his blessing to us and through us, more importantly, just as it is written in James chapter 1. Um, and this last bit I just want to read out. And even through it all, we obtain something called a testimony. Now, some of you might have heard of what a testimony is. Um, but a testimony is not just about us. It's an opportunity to keep on glorifying God. Because each time you tell your story, each time you, you, you mention it to someone, God gets all the glory. Amen? And that's the wonderful thing about it. Because it all comes back to Him. It all comes back to Him. We think it's all about us and our season and our struggle. But again, it's about God being able to do something powerful in that moment. Amen? Um, and even as I close, uh, just in prayer, um, why don't you just all stand and lift your arms as well if you want. I just want to take this moment to just pray for different ones who, um, I, I don't know what circumstance you might be going through. Uh, you might have cried last night, cried the other day. Um, this might have been the hardest trial that you've ever faced. Um, or you're still waiting to hear from God, wondering, well, God, where are you? What's the next step? What's the next phase? Um, but I'm here to just tell you, just encourage you, and just to ask you to um, just trust God wholeheartedly. And just to let go of the one thing that you might not be letting go to Him. Um, and just be able to be obedient and just surrender everything you have to Him. Amen. Uh, dear God, I want to thank you for um, whether these all these hearts lifted or these hands lifted, Lord. Uh, Lord, I want to thank you that um, you just see the one thing that we can't give you, Lord. 
Uh, but Lord, we just want to ask you to just help us, just release that thing to you, Lord. Uh, Lord, we just want to pray that you just come into our lives and just fill us. Um, because Lord, we believe that you are good, Lord. Uh, we believe that you are so, so good for us, Lord. Uh, Lord, it's not just even a trade or anything like that, Lord, but you are just such a good person. Um, to even just add value into our lives, Lord, into our tiny little lives, Lord, and just be able to expand all of that, uh, Lord. And so, Lord, we want to pray uh, for each individual in this room, Lord, uh, who might be struggling, who might be failing, who might be feel like they're failing, Lord. Um, but, Lord, we want to pray that you see their hearts, uh, you see their souls, Lord. And, Lord, you want to come into their lives and just expand their lives, Lord. And, Lord, we want to pray, um, even right now, Lord, and that we can just see your goodness and your work be done in people's lives, Lord. And Lord, we just want to pray that uh, it's not about the blessing, it's not about uh, anything or the reward or anything like that, Lord. Uh, but Lord, it's all about you, Lord. It's all about glorifying you, Lord. Uh, Lord, even through our struggles, Lord, we want to be obedient unto you, Lord. And we want to glorify your name. And Lord, we just want to pray and thank you that uh, we just can come to you today uh, just in surrender. Um, because um, you are worthy of it, Lord. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.axchurch.uk. God bless.